Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Uh, you probably guessed from the title what Mount Rushmore is. We rate and uh, rank the top four of any given topic. And this week I've chosen the topic and it's the Mount Rushmore of canes, staffs, and walking sticks. <laughs> hey, Jeff, uh, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Hey Jeff, are you okay? Are you just yeah. looking for like, are you looking for recommendations? What's well, going on down there? Through the lens of of uh, the platforms that we often call from being pop culture, entertainment, TV, film, comics, whatnot, um, those can be um, things used to overcome a disability, to enhance one's mobility. Uh, they can be complete affectations. They, they can be weapons. They can be <laughs> um, embellishments. And so I find them all very kind of interesting. And I don't know. I don't know what that uh, where that came came from. But I will tell you the winning choices for this week are as follows: the <laughs> tramp's cane, as uh, wielded by Charlie Chaplin, as in the character of the tramp. Uh, Gandalf the Grey's walking stick. Dr. Donald Blake's walking stick, Thor's one-time alter ego, uh, Dr. Donald Blake, and the uh, the I guess it's a walking stick. I guess it's more of a cane or it's a something um, that is used by Fred Astaire in the film Blue Skies in the putting on the Ritz routine. And there's a a legion of of other dudes behind him. Uh, Richard, using, we're done using Super. a similar. So those are the winning choices, <laughs> unless one of you two schmucks can knock those choices off the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> so... What if what if two of my choices have already been said? Oh my God! I you know what? Uh, it's about the just choice, just one of also mine. About the about the justification. So I want to hear hear why you chose it. Okay. Um, so um, eeny meeny miny, Richard, you go first. All right. So I'll get one of the ones out of the way that. Uh... That is a winning one. Might as well knock the winners out from the from the start. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I, it's a little bit of a cheat. Um, it is Gandalf's staffs plural, because oh. through throughout the uh, the history of the uh, Hobbit and the Lord of the Ring trilogies, mm-hmm. um, he has a grand total of five different staffs. Oh wow! Uh, also on my, also on my list, by the way. Okay. Okay. How how can it not be? Um, I would say that if there was any one, I, I would probably give the nod to. It would probably be the one that you see in Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. uh, the the Rivendell staff, the one that's given to him him by Elrond. Just because, look, that's the one that we see in the No One Shall Pass yeah. scene with a Balrog. Uh, but there are five actually. He actually starts off in The Hobbit with a very plain. Uh, it's called the Opening Flower. Uh, was crafted by elves and was presumably the first instrument that he wields when he goes to Middle Earth. Um, this gets destroyed uh, by uh, in the desolation of Smog, and he winds up using a spare staff that I guess his friend Radagast just happened to have laying around. Wow, a Fender! It's a Fender Mexican staff that's like <laughs> yes. out of tune. Yeah, you can never get it to hold tune anytime he yeah. tries to perform any. Any, any spells on it, it was just a little bit off. Um, so that one, that staff winds up getting dwindled over time. So throughout the uh, throughout the course of the Hobbit, and then by the time we get to Fellowship of the Ring, that's mm-hmm. the one that we first see him with. 
then he is presented his Rivendell staff by Elrond, as I mentioned, uh, when they go there for the uh, for the big meeting. And then the last one is the White Staff that he apparently, and I didn't know this, was it was a gift from Gladriel uh, after he becomes Gandalf the White. Mm-hmm. And I just love this idea that as the character progresses, not just as his look in terms of his clothing and his hair, not, not only does that change, but also his staff changes itself. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, it kind of becomes sort of a reflection of his importance and status and power as a wizard. Mm-hmm. So I just, that's yeah. why I kind of chose all of them. Cause I think that they're critical to the journey of, uh, of Gandalf from mm-hmm. Gandalf, the great Gandalf, the white. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. He certainly does uh, a fair amount of leveling up throughout all of the movies and especially like going from like Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. He's a lot, uh, especially in the movies, he's a lot dopier as a character. He's portrayed a little, a little more befuddled, a little more just kind of along for the ride, even though he's kind of spurring things. It's not quite until, um, kind of halfway through the, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, where you see he's a little bit more devious, a little bit more, uh, I guess, more cunning. And mm-hmm. um, I think that probably just speaks to the danger and the importance of what's going on. It's not, it's not just a, you know, a fun adventure to uh, get some gold. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I think is interesting about the outline of, if you saw the silhouette of Gandalf, you might interpret it as a wizard, or you might say this is a wizened older man who's using this staff not as a, a focus for his um, spells or magic, uh, but as something to support him <laughs> as he travels he def- through. Yeah, his day. he definitely, um, he definitely like lays into that, into like the kind of theatricality of it, like when he's um, oh meeting with. Uh, Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the the king, uh, the horse lord that has been kind of corrupted by War- Grimma Wormtongue, and uh, you know they say, oh, you know, leave your weapons behind, and he's like, oh, you can let a man carry, yeah, yeah, his stick, <laughs> and then like he gives like a wink and a nod to to <laughs> to one of the fellowship mm-hmm. as he like walks in. It's like, yeah, okay, this is this guy's, you know. Uh, where he can channel all of his wizard energy through. And they're like, ah, he didn't take his staff. Come on. Yeah. It also, it it also is a nice, um, just visual difference to, you know, anytime you're playing Dungeons and Dragons or playing a video game with, in kind of a, you know, faux medieval setting, someone's got a bow, someone has a sword, someone has a shield and an ax and he's got his, you know, he's got his staff. So he's got his, his look, his weapon, although, you know, later on he also carries, like, a giant sword as well. It, you know, it's a good look to when you're, like, flinging around a big stick and knocking someone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially, he is the a character from the Gauntlet video game, is what he looks like. And he's the one, the wizard who's got his staff. That's sort of what he's, what I, I assume, what the, I believe Lord of the Rings came before Gauntlet, the video game. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that. That's a joke. Please don't get mad at me, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but, when the part the part when he just breaks a, a a pot and eats random like you know lumps of meat. Right. 
That's very strange. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember reading that in the books. Well, cool. That's uh, fun that we all kind of jumped in on that one. Uh, I will. I wonder if any other character or any other user of a cane or a um, walking stick uh, will be as powerful as Gandalf. Because uh, was he maybe the most powerful character in all of Tolkien? Do you think? Um, I'm getting, guessing Sauron was. Sauron, Sauron yeah. was probably yeah. Yeah. And Sauron okay. It's uh, one point, but yeah. Winfield, what do you got? Okay, my next choice is uh, the walking cane used by Willy Wonka, um, specifically ah, Gene cool. Hackman in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Did and you say um, Gene Wilder. Gene Hackman. Gene Wilder. Sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> that would be That's a, a pretty kick-ass movie. casting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when uh, you know the first introduction of the character, he's like. Nobody knows who Willy Wonka is. He's this reclusive guy who's holed up in this chocolate factory that makes all these wonderful sweets. And then uh, as Gene Wilder uh, emerges uh, when all of the um, golden ticket bearers and their parents have presented themselves in front of uh, Willy Wonka's factory, he's he's walking with this limp and he's kind of this pathetic looking kind of, uh, kind of has this uh, uh, pathetic uh, uh uh, weight to himself and his cane gets stuck and he continues to walk and he falls over and he spins and does this big somersault and everybody applauds and mm-hmm. um the famous story is that he chose to, you know uh, gene wilder chose to do this to give the with the somersault and everything to give this sense of um you can't trust this person you don't know if they're lying if they're telling the truth if what to believe and you know that kind of carries on throughout the entire rest of the story of this this guy that um, is a deceiver. He's trying to, you know, kind of weed out all of um, these kids and these parents on who is the person that is going to take over and be true to themselves. And it all starts with that kind of initial Kane performance. And he continues to carry this thing throughout the rest of the film and the story and dance with it and use it to, for various things. And, you know, a, a lot like, uh, I think you mentioned kind of Charlie Chaplin. It's kind of, it, it becomes this kind of extension of him. He's walking with it, although he doesn't seemingly need it. He's walking with it as a, an affect of this kind of, this kind of dandy atmosphere with his top hat and his bow tie and his walking cane. He's, you know, seemingly rich, but, you know, also crazy at the same time. Boy, that's a fun choice. It does seem like, He's doing with that cane what Gandalf is partially, and that's using it as a way to perhaps lure a judgmental observer into uh, misjudging his power and his uh, his vitality. But it's uh, uh, he doesn't use it to zap people. <laughs> he lets the Oompa Loompas take care of all of his dirty work. Okay, so officially, yeah, I Dr. don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he hits anybody with a cane. I assume he does. I assume that there's a small smack. Uh, Dr. Donald Blake is officially knocked off of the Mount Rushmore uh, by uh, the Willy Wonka, but let's see what happens with Richard's choice. All right, so I'm going to go with the second choice on your, from my list that is on your list, Uh and that is... uh, Charlie Chaplin's uh, Little Tramp. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, walking stick. Perhaps mm-hmm. the most well-known of all. I, w- I would argue, I think the most well-known of all canes in pop yeah. culture. Certainly the most identifiable with a, with a specific character. Yeah. And I just love it. I think it's, it's, it's I love the idea of how it looks kind of just absolutely complements the little tramp's personality. Mm-hmm. It's bowed. It's kind of really kind of slender. It looks like it's going to break at any one, any point. Looks like it's looks like it's been around for a while. It's seen some things, mm-hmm. and I just love that idea of it. Plus, there's a good chance it's being used to whack somebody in the head by the end of the short. Yeah, which is <laughs> which which is really all that I'm here for with the Charlie Chaplin uh, short. I love Charlie Chaplin shorts. Um, there is a there's a bar near me that they, they would throw on Charlie Chaplin movies all mm-hmm. night uh, on their TV instead of having sports on or whatever. And I just thought that was the coolest thing I could think of when they first went to that bar and found it a few years ago mm-hmm. and really reignited my love for, uh, for silent comedy, specifically Charlie Chaplin. And I think the, that the twirling of the, the cane kind of impish a little bit. Um, but at the same time, it, it just works. It, that's one of the reasons why it works for the character so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I also, Imagine it is used as a bindle stick at some point. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Films. Yeah. Very versatile, yeah. And it's a very versatile thing. It also can be used as a, uh, I believe, as a, a pool cue at some mm. point. <laughs> uh, likely a golf, likely a golf club. Also. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think, like the uh, Tolkienian um, archetypes that were given so much dimension in. In his work, I think Chaplin borrowed that many of the Tramp's signature elements from different archetypes and characters that he'd seen in in other vaudeville and in comic strips and things like that. And I think the cane was one of them. But obviously, it's not about these affectations about what, how they're all put together into this character and 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 what they do. If I I wonder if at the time, so I don't I don't attribute a a staff as uh, wielded by Gandalf as an upper class affectation. But I think with the tramp, the bowler hat and the cane, no matter how ill-fitting they might be, they show a person's aspiration to this other class Mm. or something. So I I think that's a fun element of that. I think one interesting thing about Charlie Chaplin is that like every aspect of him, every aspect of him visually is so iconic from the bowler hat and the mustache to the excessively baggy outfit mm-hmm. to the giant shoes that are mismatched or often have holes and uh, the cane is certainly such a big part of that and I think it speaks more to I think is one of the most like um, character uh I think it re- I think it really shows his character. He is it, it's all it's a bend not break sort of thing. It's always bending, but the character never loses faith really in whatever yeah. he's pursuing. He's yeah. um this guy that is, you know, the little tramp is constantly in the worst possible situations from being hunger to being trapped inside the machinery of, mm-hmm. you know, fill in the blank uh contraption and like and even when things are the worst, he never, he never turns bad. He's never, you know, he, he can be, uh, 
mischievous, but he's not, he's never a bad person. And mm-hmm. I think that like, he, he's never like society has never broken him. And like, you look at, you look at like just the image of him standing there leaning on the cane. It's like, that's, that's him. Everyone has been leaning on him and he's never like, that is, he's never broken to the point where he's, uh, his spirit is never broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's his resilience. Yeah. Okay, we are at our halftime, and it's time for me to ask you to go back and download, rate, and review past episodes and join us out on social media. That would be Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Others who have done that have ended up giving suggestions as to future show topics, and some have ended up being on our show. And with the magic of Zoom, you could do that. If you felt like it, call in, be on our show. We'll pick a topic that you want to talk about seems like I'm begging. I'm not. I don't care. Okay, we're back. <laughs> All right. This would be Michael? Your yeah, third? Yeah. Okay. My third choice is um, uh, somewhat personal, but uh, but also uh, I think pretty uh, iconic and fun, too. It is the bamboo stick used in the song Mealed Bamboo from the movie Chitty Chitty Bang oh. Bang. That's kick-ass. That's a nice one. <laughs> and I, I say it for two reasons. One, uh, the scene itself is this perfectly wonderful dance sequence where Dick Van Dyke has gotten himself into a lot of trouble. He's an inventor by the name of Caracatus Potts, and he's at some county fair, and he's given someone a bad haircut with his haircut machine that he's invented. And he's just running away, and he ends up escaping into like this big tent full of... Um, uh, I guess they're called Morris dancers, which is kind of like this English folk dancing with a lot of choreography and often uses swords or sticks. And in in this case, it's like kind of this, um, uh, it's just this dance troupe that he gets involved in. And he, the song, if you haven't heard it, it's just this wonderful song. It goes, me old bamboo, me old bamboo. And it's very, very much uh, right in line with um, something out of a, Mary Poppins as well. You know, he's used to doing this kind of acrobatic uh, kind of dancing with a stick. But it's like this troupe of 15 or 20 guys that are dancing with very intricate uh, dances with like these, you know, these poles that are used um, as like these canes um, in this, uh, you know, theatrical dance number. And I bring it up because I, I love the song. And I love this movie. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang because it's just ridiculous from top to bottom. Um, But also because it was a couple of years ago now that we went out to like Descanso Gardens here in uh, Los Angeles, this lovely uh, garden place outdoors. And uh, my son Felix was kind of walking through the Japanese garden portion and he was kind of walking around and got behind some bamboo. So I started singing the song from this, this movie. And then we played on the car on the way home. And it's all he wanted to hear, like going forward to the point where like he has a stick at home that he'll sing me old bamboo with. And listen, when he's a year and a half old, like there's nothing better than like seeing your own personal wish fulfillment, like taken on by your son. And, uh, I, I, it's just this thing where like he has one of these sticks that my dad made him. That's just like a stick. It's like a long dowel that he has at his grandparents' house and he has one at home and every once in a while he'll grab it and do this dumb little dance. And it's like, Oh God, I taught this kid something 
so weird and <laughs> stupid and so delightful to see. And then sometimes he grabs it and then he he starts walking like an old man. Like he hunches his back over and he just does this old man dance, this old oh. man walk that is unrelated oh. to anything. And it's like, where did he learn where did he learn yeah. to walk like an old man? It wasn't from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It must have been some of the other dozens <laughs> or hundreds of things he's seen. But like it's it all feels like so wildly connected. This mm-hmm. This one random thing, this one exploration he made into walking in the bamboo forest portion at this garden and turned into like this, this love of this song. And uh, I don't know. It's just that's it, so cool. But the but the dance sequence itself, it, watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's, and there, it's uh, Ian Fleming. Uh, Raul, yeah, Ian Fleming and I think Raul Dahl. I think both yeah. of them teamed up together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bamboo stick dance. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a. Uh... The wiki says it's uh, that both um, both Step in Time and uh, Me Old Bamboo were loosely based on Knees Up Mother Brown, which I've never heard of a British music hall. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a Sherman Brothers tune. So, yeah, that's a, one thing I think we've discussed, uh, Chitty Chitty Bing, how it feels like a Disney film and a Bond film just kind of <laughs> got oh, crossbred right. with each other. <laughs> Super cool. What a fun choice. Okay, uh, uh, Manfredi, what do you got? Well, I can't do anything as heartwarming as that. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to pass. No, I'm not. Pass. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, my next choice is Loki's Scepter from oh, the Avengers cool movies. And I love it because of how versatile it is. Uh-huh. I love this idea that can be used, it can be transformed into a, a physical weapon. Mm-hmm. You both kind of as a short staff or a longer staff. It can be uh, Loki has the power to kind of transform it, kind of the way he has the power, power to transform himself. It can be used as a mind control device. Or it's just a rad-looking cane that he can use to uh, complement his formal wear. Yeah. Like if he's got his tux on, he can just turn it into a, a walking stick, and it looks super yeah. cool. Um, that's all I got. That's, a, that's, that's mainly why I chose Loki Scepter. I think it's... Mm-hmm. It obviously it plays it, it plays an important role in the Avengers movies, um, in terms of having the Mind Stone, and you know they certainly they certainly um, mind the hell out of its appearance in so many movies. <laughs> they certainly uh, did. I mean, it was all over the place from from um, the Avengers movies and uh, uh, going Captain America. Captain America and traveling, especially like just the, the different stones that are all over the place. Right. Um, absolutely. Yeah, what, a, what a fun choice. I just think, and I, like I said, I just think it, it's, it's, it's neat because it's so versatile because mm-hmm. Loki is being such a trickster. His whole, his whole gig is that he can become so many different things. So it only makes sense for him to have a weapon that is equally as versatile as he is. I would say like Tom Hiddleston's, stature is not that um threatening so that giving him right. a kick-ass weapon is pretty important yeah the, anyone who also played hank williams senior yeah. is not going to be uh yeah. not going to be a physically in, in, imposing yeah. force yeah yeah uh, uh winfield what's your final choice so well, still on the block sorry still on the block are i think we still got gandalf the gray's walking stick He's Tramps Kane's probably still up there. Donald Blake has been knocked off. 
but still putting on the Ritz is still up there. Hmm. What do you got, Winfield? Well, well um, I'm going to uh, yank Fred Astaire and yank that putting on the Ritz out of there using my um, shepherd's crook is the hook that's used in vaudeville to yank someone off of stage. Nice. Oh, wow. Is yeah, that a, all credit. What, so what is that? Is that a staff? What do it's we a, call yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a big staff with a big hook okay. on the end. Um, that, I mean, um, I know what it is. I, I've, I've yeah. seen Showtime at the Apollo. I know how it works. I just <laughs> you didn't know where it's fit into our taxonomy. Yeah, uh, 19% of all Bugs Bunny or Looney Tunes cartoons, all cartoons in general, use this, yeah. this, this feature. Um, but I guess it originated uh, – oh, so all credit due to um, – my wife Emily, who came up with this, she was when I was telling her what we were doing. She's like, "What oh. about the, what about the big cane they used to pull people <laughs> off stage?" And I was like, "This is so perfect." I, I thought, "Ah, what a perfect way to end," as like a final thing to end for my choices. Plus, yeah. somehow it played into um, all of my other choices. I realized there was some element of theatricality with it, whether it was um, Mule Bamboo and Willy Wonka or uh, Gandalf, uh, you know, feigning. Uh, you know, his mortality with his, his staff. But um, I guess it originated uh, at the Miners Bowery Theater uh, in like the early 1900s. And they'd have uh, like a, a, like kind of like an open mic night where uh, if you came up and you were, you performed well, you'd get a dollar, which for like the 1900s was uh, a hell of a lot of money. So they'd have all these people that would just come on stage and, sing and dance and do their things and some of them wouldn't realize that they were being booed the hell off stage so uh someone would grab <laughs> like they'd have like this shepherd's crook that they'd have behind the scenes for some sort of play they were doing you know you just have a kind of a warehouse full of costumes and nonsense and someone would just grab the hook and pull them off stage to to end their time and it just became like the you know colloquial uh the colloquialism of grabbing the hook or it's even used in sports terms nowadays when someone like a baseball pitcher needs to be pulled to get the hook and pull them out of there. And um, it's just, very, I just love the idea that this thing uh, is, it's not quite a weapon, but eh, it's ending someone's career, at least for that one night. Right. <laughs> I do. I do. I do love the idea of, of the uh, sports terminology of it. And I do wish that was actually part of the game the manager actually had to bring <laughs> the hook and actually wrap it around the pitcher as he tries to struggle to stay on the mound. Does that this would something... make baseball more, a little bit more exciting, I think. Now, would you see this up on a, the Jumbotron or something like that? Or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. usually the Jumbotron, a lot of times whenever the opposing pitcher gets knocked out of the game, you would see the – I remember back in the 80s, you would see the little video. Like a goofy, goofy animation, yeah. Yeah, of like a, them getting the hook <laughs> when he gets pulled off. Yeah, <laughs> I love it because it's like uh, Yelp 1901. Is the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I? T I I told Emily. I was like, I said, I said last night. I was like, this is the, the original version of like cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it? Um... At the Apollo Theater, they have a clown with a broom or something like that, or I don't know, it was the Sandman, I forget who. Yeah, yeah, he has a broom, and he would <laughs> sweep you off the stage. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. All right, man, Freddie, your final choice. All right, so I'm going to give the hook the hook. Oh, shit. See what I did there? 
And I'm going with the Peterman walking stick, otherwise Ooh. known as part of Kramer's pimp outfit from Seinfeld. <laughs> so this is, this is originally Elaine had to write a, uh, a catalog entry about this walking stick that Jay Peterman had. And after she was done with it, she didn't know what to do with it. So of course, Kramer being Kramer swooped yeah. it up right away. Um, and it looks like the ultimate pimp walking stick. I mean, I just picture what a, what a seventies, what Ru- Rudy Ray Moore would be walking yeah. around with in the seventies. And this is what it looks like. And through a series of contrivances, he winds up with a uh, amazing Technicolor dream coat jacket winds up finding a woman's hat and winds up strutting around town, you know, basically looking like a seventies pin. And I just, it's the perfect accessory for this ridiculous outfit for a ridiculous character. Just the way that Kramer is kind of moving down the street and he's twirling his cane. It's sort of playing off of that idea of the archetype, like I said, of the seventies pin. But I think everyone has a pretty good idea what it is, but it's ridiculous because it's Kramer. Yeah. And I just, I just love that idea. And it, it's one of my favorite little, uh, of all the Seinfeld like C plots, it's one of my favorite like little just visual things that happens mm-hmm. on the show. That is a funny Kramer accidentally becomes a pimp. <laughs> right. And he winds up getting arrested because they think he, someone has broken into his, a prostitute has broken into his car and he's trying to get her out. And the cops come, and he happens to be dressed just like a, prost- a pimp. So, obviously, he's going to get arrested. And the it all and it all starts with the Jay Peterman walking stick. Yeah, it's kind of the, that... the downfall because you can't because you can't resist a good walking stick. Like I would carry a walking stick. I think if I was the type of person who actually dressed up in something other than you know khaki shorts and t-shirts all the time, because you, you yeah. would look ridiculous. You would look ridiculous if you're just, you know, being a, a schlub like me who with a fancy walking stick. But if I was somebody who actually gave a shit about what I look like, I would definitely consider having a, a cool ass walking stick. No <laughs> doubt about it. As a theater kid, uh, the prop room was always a fun place to go. <laughs> if you right. got a hold of a walking stick, <laughs> it was something you could take with you to fourth hour fifth hour maybe take it home <laughs> oh yeah you, you can walk with it you can twirl it you can yeah. pretend that you're a, a marching band drum major with it yeah. super versatile who wouldn't want yeah. one yeah who wouldn't want one so much distinction exactly so, yeah there there was a, a comic friend who had a bit for a while about the accidental pimp genre of films um and it was really only, I think, a few films. Well, three, I think. It was Risky Business, Doctor Detroit, and Night Shift. Um, right. But that seems like uh, we're fleshing out that genre with that episode of Seinfeld. Just if, yeah, if we, now we can get a Mount Rushmore of accidental pimps. Yeah, there we are. Ah, we shoot. We just yeah, just okay. did a whole new episode. Just <laughs> nailed it. Good job, everyone. Good job. Uh, so any party comments, if not, I'm going to see what's still left up on the Mount Rushmore. You know what? It's just such a better dance reference. So putting on the Ritz, uh, from blue skies has been chiseled off because, oh my God, who doesn't love, who doesn't love Dick Van Dyke and probably sweating his ass off in Pinewood studios or whatever, (laughs) uh, doing that dance. (laughs) So I was gonna, on. I was gonna offer if that didn't get knock it off. I was gonna offer um, Gene Wilder um, 
uh, performing putting on the Ritz using a cane in Young Frankenstein. Oh, oh yeah. That's that's so cool. And that, that's actually and a better Peter Boyle, I mean, too. And Peter yeah. Boyle, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely cold from that. So let's say here's the Mount Rushmore, the Tramps cane. Uh, let's go with uh, Gandalf's many sticks. He should have a, he should have a caddy with him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what's Radagast the Brown doing now? Uh, yeah, and then having bird we, shit in his beard. That's what he's doing. Why don't we go with the uh, old bamboo and the shepherd's crook? So is that a is that a Winfield sweep or is that what is that? Uh, I got no. one, and Winfield got three. No, Richard, you got, you, you got two. You got Gandalf's Gandalf staff, right. the little tramp. Sweet. And then uh, I got three, although Willy Wonka's cane seemed to have gotten lost in the shuffle there, but that's okay. Whatever whatever oh. choices you make. Okay. All right. Uh, well, dudes, uh, thank you for humoring me on this goofy topic. I appreciate it. This has been the Mount Rushmore of canes, walking sticks, and scimitars. <laughs> uh, I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.